and welcome to Before the Crowd. So I'm sat here uh, backstage in gluttony uh, with Stuart Reeves, who is um, fronting the brand new show, the, uh, the David Bowie Tribute Act, which is Rebel. Um, thanks so much, Stuart, for, for coming and being interviewed here That's with me today. Right. Thank you for having me. It's all good. I'm going to try to time my questions well. We're sat um, in the dressing room at the moment, and Stuart's just getting ready, putting his makeup on. <laughs> so I'm going to time it so you're not doing like an integral part, and I ask you a very deep and meaningful question right. and throw you off. Go for it. Um, so let's talk a little bit about Rebel. So I've got your, your event description here, which mm -hmm. is displaying on, on the website, just for anybody who hasn't seen it yet or is maybe thinking about coming to come and see it. Um, I mean, like I saw it about a mm, about a week ago. Mm -hmm. I think it was such a great show. So I got Thank Rebel, you. circus and physical theater, cabaret, and um, it's live music, isn't it? I mean, this yeah. is what we've got. Rebel is a live circus rock tribute to the original Rebel, David Bowie. Stage dive into the mosh pit. I love that line. Well, like, <laughs> stage dive into the mosh pit for a night of live music, glittering glam rock, phenomenal acrobats, breathtaking uh, aerials, and spectacular heart-stopping sideshow. Live music combined with circus and comedy brings to life an incredible body of work that has spanned over 50 years. I mean, like, that, I'm only halfway through and like, that's amazing. I mean, where can we even go from there? <laughs> oh, God. Um, look, the, the whole show itself, I mean, we've tried to capture so much in it and it's, uh, it has expanded since we've arrived in Adelaide. Mm. Um, but yeah, I've, I've tried to combine my love of um, live music uh, and my background of um, uh, cabaret and, and circus. So I've, I've, I started in Melbourne at Dracula's, uh, which was a, a theater restaurant in Melbourne. Mm. Um, so there I was hosting and singing uh, and most of the performers there, the format was a, a very similar sort of style. So I've sort of um, embraced that style and, and turned it into what, it, what has now become Rebel. So I've, mm. I've taken the, the live music, but also added the extra element of making sure that pretty much all of our cast do uh, play an instrument, and then they jump up on stage and they do a, um, a circus act. So we've got you know Winter who does the Rosia wheel, she plays synth and sax and bass. Uh, Chris Singer who jumps on the Chinese pole, uh, and he plays electric guitar. There's Kat and she's bass guitar and she's got the grinder and yeah, so uh, Rachel and I, Rachel is our drummer. She is, uh, her and I met at Dracula's uh, and she's our vocalist and um, drummer and also acoustic guitarist. So her and I are probably the only two in the show that don't have a, a circus element mm, right. in our skill set. But um, yeah, I've just taken those two and combined it with um, with the, you know, the theme of, of, of Bowie and his work. So. It's um. It's a pretty unique combination. I mean, when I when I first read the description, it, it was I didn't really know what to expect because mm -hmm. uh, obviously Bowie is known for having these over the top elaborate stage performances. And do you feel that uh, as a frontman, someone who is who is portraying this this character of uh -huh. Bowie, is it is it um, a lot to live up to? Is it a lot of pressure for yourself? Well, what we've what we've tried to do is is is. When I was putting the show together, I, I wanted to try and capture the essence of it. I didn't want to try and make a, a, a cut copy um, tribute show, so to speak. Mm. Um, a lot of Bowie fans out there want something that's new with Bowie in his music. So although the music is, is close to the mark as we can get it, um, we have tried to take... Um, creative license from some of his styles and some of his uh, some of his looks um, so 
yeah, I uh, look. It's <laughs> oh my, there's so much in it. There is so much in it. I mean, there's so much that I want to do with the show. Um, I feel like we've got a, a very good show at the moment. Mm. Uh, I feel like we can do a lot more of it. I mean, I've got this massive book at home, which is from the the Bowie exhibit, which is called Bowie Is. Okay. Uh, and every time I read that, I just go on a t new little adventure because there's so many <laughs> side paths that go with it. So, so so you can see you, uh, that you're going to take this this show, this act. It's not going to be like a like a six month run, and then you go to something new. It's just going to keep growing and expanding. Is yes. That the plan? So we we started this. Um, I started this this process probably about oh, May last year, mm. uh, and I and I hooked up with Elle, who was producing the show. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I've gone through like there's like 16, 17 drafts on my computer of <laughs> of what I wanted it to be, and some of them I just look back at it, laugh because they're just ridiculous. But um, we started this in the Midsummer Festival uh, in Melbourne, okay. and basically we put the whole thing together. Um, sort of over long distance because I've been in Queensland for most of the time uh, we sort of got the structure of the show together we got everybody to rehearse their acts and then when we brought it when I came back down to Melbourne we had a week to put it together so we've put it together wow. and it's all worked out really well but um, there are so many things that I keep discovering or um, noticing that I want to add to or change. So this, the show probably runs for about an hour at the moment mm -hmm. and we want to try and take it up to a 70 minute format. Okay. So there's a lot of extra things uh, music wise, dialogue wise that I want to add to the show. So it'll definitely expand and change when we come back in probably around about September. Okay. Yeah. So uh, talking about that, um, the music side to it and the musical element, I mean, uh -huh. Someone like Bowie, who, I mean, his back catalogue, when you start looking at like, <laughs> the discography of Bowie and yeah. even, like, the collaborations he's done with people, it's just so extensive. How did you... I, I know you mentioned it a little bit in the show, but how, how did you pick the Bowie songs to go into the show? How, um, how could you file that down? I, th I think when I had to go through, we had to, we had to try and find something that was going to be um, appealing mm. to, to, you know, most Bowie fans. Uh, and also... Um, you know, people who haven't heard his music before. So we've had to try and start with a bit of a, I don't like using this term, but I, I guess it's a good way to describe it, um, a jukebox show. So <laughs> it's, I've heard that, you know, I've heard that described about Priscilla before, you know, the, the musical where mm. it's, a, it's at the moment, it's a little bit of a, a jukebox show because it's got uh, a number of um, hits in there that people will instantly recognize, which right. is, which is great. And, and old Bowie fans are really loving that. But there's also um, there's also opportunity in there for a couple of other songs that are maybe a little bit more, I wouldn't say obscure, but probably lesser known, but you mm. would still know them. So yeah. they're the they're the additional songs that I want to try and add in at a later point. But um, at this point, we've had to we've had to aim for a particular time frame because of the Fringe Festival. Yeah. So we've had to really just lock it down and go with, with what we've chosen. And I think we've done a really good job at creating the highs and lows in the, in the set list. Yeah. Um, it, it, it is yeah. a journey, isn't it? It's not just hear like the rock songs for an hour coming at you. Like there is a journey to it. But it was, yeah. It, the show, the show has, has flow. Um, it's, it's been constructed so that, you know, it's not just sort of high energy hit after hit after hit mm. you know there's some nice little breaks there as well so i've tried to keep that that flow with the music like you would with any set list when you're putting right. it together yeah. so yeah. yeah of course i think it's it's having worked myself 
as a performer around you know like lasers and, and dancers and pyrotechnics mm -hmm. and stuff and unfortunately I've seen a couple of people get hurt is that, your show has got a definite element of danger to it <laughs> have you ever had any close calls uh, I cut my finger the other night oh. <laughs> on, a, on a costume does that count um, I sliced sure. my I sliced my finger open oh, um, no. yeah no look we we do there is a lot of elements of danger in the show um, but we're working with people who are professional and are, are very good at their their, their skills so um, yeah I mean we've got aerialists we've got you know people swinging through the air we've got um, you know cat who's got a, a grinder so she's got a you know, a power tool <laughs> that yeah. she's working with and grinding it on um, some gauntlets that she that she wears on herself. So and that's when, uh, for anyone listening who doesn't know, when you get the when the sparks are flying out. Yes. And yeah. It's... Yeah. Yeah. The, the, so she's doing all of that. Um, I think the most dangerous part in the show at the moment is the heat. <laughs> right. I mean, like you know, we're sat here now in your dressing room with the aircon on, and yeah. it's it's forty degrees outside, and we're in a what is it like a 400 person tent or something yeah I, th I think we hold close to 400 so it's it, it has been a massive challenge i think that's the most at the at this stage mm. it's the most dangerous part because it um you know when we when we first started rehearsing we we were um in melbourne in blue studios doing uh, putting the show together and we had two days where it was about 40 and 45 degrees wow um in a warehouse with a tin roof and no air conditioning so i think we've been conditioned for yeah. it um been prepped yeah but it's, <laughs> i think we're all definitely struggling with that element to an extent so it's mm -hmm. um it's one of the many challenges of working in a tent which is this is the first time i've i've worked in a spiegel tent um so and it's something i've always wanted to do but it's it's definitely a a new challenge all these all these extra elements so talking about like how you guys started up in Melbourne and you started putting a show together in a when, when you've got so many talented performers mm -hmm. uh, who were great instrumentalists but also great um, circus performers mm -hmm. how did you go about auditioning those kind of people what what did you advertise was it you or was it a producer uh, doing it yeah how? so so L is L is my in or contact for for uh, circus people um, I think my my direction in terms of what I wanted as a band, um, I, I laid out to her, and then mm. she went out and found people in her circles right. um, that could do both of these sorts of things. And then we've also worked with a, an incredible music director, which I've worked with for a number of years, yeah. um, Matt Bradshaw, who has created um, some really amazing backing tracks to support the performers on stage yeah. um, while they're in the band plus doing their acts so we've got a really nice balance of, of live stuff track stuff um, you know it's, it's you, you kind of have to in a way um, cheat a couple of things because of um, you know your limitations to the size of the cast and, and what yeah. everyone can do so it's yeah it's been a really good process uh, a really good learning curve and a really uh, interesting process to get it all together but it's it's running really well that's excellent how do you mean cheat a couple of things just uh, like cut a couple of corners like sort of with backing tracks uh, look we've we've added backing tracks but most of the, there's things in there you know where um like every everybody's doing so many things that are so physical so mm. you know there's there's different layers of instruments in there that also support the main instrument that's on stage yeah uh, and then of course we've also got with Bowie's music, there's so much um, soundscape to it, mm. which is really hard to <laughs> replicate when you have a cast of, of six. So um, they're the extra things that have been built into the track. So we can really capture the 
the essence of the song than trying to have to have a, a massive band on stage yeah. doing all of that. It, it's so difficult. I mean, I played before in bands when like it's like, like well, we, we need the strings for this or like mm -hmm. we need that very specific synth sound. Yes. Um, but then like, I, I think I noticed Rachel, she was using the, S, uh, the SPDSX, the, the sampling pad yes, on yeah. a couple of songs. So yes. it's cool to have that that electronic element and, and keeping that, that Bowie feel, but yeah. also obviously taking it to we've, a new level. Yeah, we've tried to be uh, self-sufficient as, as much as we can and keep it um, as, as live as we can on stage, but we've also asked to create some backing tracks that are, are basically invisible mm. um, because we don't want it to be all you know heavily backed or just playing original tracks. So yeah. we want to really capture that element, but um, you know that, that's just the way it is. That's <laughs> no, what you it, can it, do. It's so common now in so many productions and all these theatre shows, and it yeah. is a backing track. It helps you run to time for one. Yes, uh, which is great. <laughs> But it can be great, but uh, if a backing track fails, it can all, I mm. mean, like, God forbid it will for you guys. But, <laughs> um, like, you know, I've, I've known it to happen with bands before, but you just, the show must go on, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So for you, what what made you choose Bowie as an influence? Was that something that first, you were first drawn to at a young age, or? Uh, to, to be brutally honest, I was doing a, a, a snippet of Let's Dance at um, Dracula's, mm. and um, I had a number of people come up to me afterwards and say, wow, like, if you ever do a Bowie show, you should, um, you know, I'd, I'd love to come and see it. Yeah. So I sort of toyed around with that idea for a bit because I was like, oh, I don't know if I should, you know, go down this path. And yeah. Um, so I, that's, that's sort of where the idea came from. And I've become more and more of a fan by reading. And I mean, I've always been a fan of Bowie's music, but I think I've become more of a fan now that I've started on this path. And like I said, there's so much more to it so i'm constantly rediscovering things and there's a lot of things that i want to do yeah. to the show once we once we finish here how, how do you find like bowie was a very sexual performer mm -hmm. and there was um i mean like i forget who it was but like i think he started like dry humping his guitarist on stage <laughs> and like you know you hear all these crazy stories of stuff they were just like, yeah. pull out i mean was that kind of something you wanted to explore? Or were you targeting it more towards family-friendly audiences? Look, um, those are certainly elements that I want to explore later later on. Um, there's there's so many um, there's so many different paths w with where you can take it and trying to keep the balance between being. Um, we are we are getting a lot of families come through, so it's mm -hmm. you know younger families that are introducing their kids to the music and they're they're loving it as well. So that's great. I guess yeah. if we do it, we have to do it in a very smart, um, clever way if we want it to be constantly appealing to to families. So, you know, in that sort of um, <laughs> you know like that Shrek manner where you've got all those hidden sort of gems in there and you've got you know yeah um, that's that's fun. There's funny things that would go over um, kids' heads and. Um, you know, perhaps so, resonate more with the adults. So I, I, I don't know. We have to. I'll have to look at that and see what I what I can come up with. But it's definitely something to explore. I mean, it, it's great to see. Um, I think it was like in a like an old sitcom like years ago, and uh, it was sort of like uh, talent shows down the pub, and this this guy was doing like a Bowie tribute act, mm -hmm. but he was a he was a road sweeper, and he called himself Ziggy Sawdust, <laughs> and it was like you know these I, like I remember seeing a, a a Bowie show in London a couple of years ago, mm -hmm. and um, the, the guy just, he just put the, um, the lightning bolt across his face and just mined for an hour. <laughs> um, so, see, I've, I've, tried to, I've tried to veer away from that. I don't want to do, um, look, ultimately we're probably going to forever, excuse me, because of the, um, 
the way in which I sing the music. Um, you know, I, I, I don't like saying this, but I do sound like Bowie. Everyone, no, you do. I keep, keep getting told that. Yeah. But the way I look at it is I don't want it to be a, um, a tribute show as such. Mm, right. I think it's ultimately going to be forever um, labelled as that. But mm. I look at, say, an element like the, my voice as, um, as like a guitar or an instrument. It replicates a certain sound so I, I, li I like people being able to like hear that that element mm. but what they're seeing is something totally different so I'm not necessarily copying the lightning bolt look I've actually or, or anything like that I've tried to steer away from those sorts of things to yes. incorporate a sound so you can close your eyes and, and be there mm. but when you open them you've got you know these amazing performers yes. playing plus they're doing you know other circus acts plus you know the the costumes are inspired by so there's something new to look at mm. as well so that's that's what I've tried to achieve I mean let's talk about the costumes I mean you have this fantastic pair of like platform red heels and I mean like <laughs> how do you how do you even balance on stage doing that stuff trying to put on a show and, and not fall over that's oh, is that practice or just... yeah just gotta um you know gotta have a hobby it's like <laughs> no absolutely I mean, it's just, I mean, it looks very dangerous to do <laughs> that's one of the dangerous elements yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> it's I, I actually i actually haven't thought about it i um okay you know a few shows that i've done in the past have had um you know heels on them so mm. uh so i think i've just you get used to it I guess. Yeah, yeah it's kind of like riding a bike i guess i just jump up and do it i don't really um I don't really think a lot while I'm on on stage anymore. I used to, but now I just just go for it. There's no there's no point. I think that's really interesting. And was someone I was actually going to move on to about what what's going through your mind like whilst you're on stage. Are you are you are you having a good time now? Are you enjoying it? But you've kind of got into the act more, and you and you know it. Yeah, I'm 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 definitely enjoying it a lot more. Um, I'm I'm. I, I just I just give over to it now. I used to stress a lot about you know how my voice would sound or how I was feeling that day or whatever. But now I've just sort of launched into um, not really giving a fuck, <laughs> which which is which is actually a really helpful thing for I think for most most people who are performing. I think once you care enough not to care, then I think you you get over the line and be able to do a lot of a lot yeah. of things that you haven't before so I just when I get up on stage now I just go for it I don't really think much I check in with myself a fair bit like how I'm perhaps singing a, a particular song or how my voice might be feeling in a particular thing to negotiate something like a, mm. a note or a, right, whatever okay. but um, I think most of the time the only thing that I probably think about the most is how the cast around me is going yeah. or sort of picking up on what the audience is giving off as a vibe in terms of what they're enjoying, what they're not enjoying, mm. um, you know, with dialogue, how, uh, what they're responding to. So those, those sorts of things. But other than that, I'm not really... So it is listening to the crowd and I suppose like if you, if you make the same joke two nights in a row and nobody responds, you're like, okay, maybe we're going to cut yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, self-edit as I go along, yeah. yeah. So there's a, lot of, there's a lot of stuff going through my mind and, and I do that with any sort of show that I'm in, especially when it's as loose as like a, uh, you know, a, a cabaret format where you can try new jokes, try new material uh, and eventually it just becomes a repertoire of things. So mm. I guess that's what I'm, <laughs> I guess that's what I'm doing. No, 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 it's great. I mean, I, I think... There's a lot of um, 
with these kind of shows when like you know you've you've got four hundred people waiting for you on the other side of Kuna, it's it's mm. so natural to feel nervous, especially with a danger element to it. Yeah. But sometimes you, like you said, you've got to give yourself over. And yeah. Just, and you, like we all do this job because we love it. Yes. We love performing, and then I find it so funny, like myself included, we all love that adrenaline. But when you're on stage, you you can be absolutely terrified, or you yeah. you can be hating it, and it's like. What are we doing? Like, we're gonna love this. I know. I find I find it more terrifying doing it in front of um, my my peers, so to speak. Like you know, mm. people in the industry. Um, last night we had a um, you know a gluttony party thing where you know they were like, "I'll oh, get up and do an act," and someone was asking me to get up and do a song. Yeah. And I felt most nervous then, you know, because you're sort of in front of other people who are also super critical about their you know, their, their art or their craft or whatever it is. So I think when it comes to uh, other other audiences, I just sort of let go a bit more, so... Yeah, it's it's funny how we do feel more, because I think our peers, especially in this industry, it's like, you know these guys can sing and they've got amazing yeah. voices or yeah. they're, they're great at whatever. <laughs> and it's like, they're probably not in a malicious way, but they yeah. are, they're, they're judging us. Of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, found that, um, I found that, though, you know, I was a little bit hesitant about you know the people at Adelaide Fringe and you know how you know how everyone would interact with each other but so far everything has been a really positive experience because mm. I think that you're in an environment where majority of the shows here are um are, are new yeah so everyone's in that sort of testing space where they're hoping that this is working or they want feedback from people about you know well maybe you should try this or do this so that's great though, isn't it? It's great yeah. to have that honesty and you can, you can bounce ideas off people. Like, mm. hey, I caught your show last night. Yep. Maybe try this. This would be great for you. you yeah, know? yeah. And having that assistance. I mean, like one thing, sorry, going back to how you were saying, like, you know, people were like, oh, you sound like Bowie and mm. you just get mm. this attributed to you a lot. Like, mm -hmm. I think your voice is a lot more musical theatre than Bowie. Um, like in my, well, that's a good cast. <laughs> that was really good. Flick my um, lip liner into the air. <laughs> um, but I, I think having, for the style of your show about musical theatre voice and mm. like you were saying about being in uh, uh, Dracula's uh -huh. and like seeing you with a cape as well, I can kind of believe that you've got the, <laughs> the, the, the swagger to it, I guess. Funnily, like, funnily enough, like my voice is um, like originally classically trained, uh, but, oh. and I did a bit of, you know, like not professional musical theatre, but I started straight out of high school just doing you know because I was working full-time I was doing some like um, you know community theater shows just as a as a side thing and yeah. um, so I think there's there's a certain musical element musical theater element in there but I think most of the songs especially like at Dracula's would be uh, rock songs or, or pop songs so mm. it's 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 more um, you know more along the lines of rock and roll or glam rock so um, yeah, I, I guess the other thing too is with, with Bowie especially is the theatricality of it. So mm. perhaps, um, you know, he wanted when he started, he wanted to start by writing um, music for um, for Broadway. Yeah. So, um, you know, I guess, I guess in his, I think he, um, I, you know, I think his songs definitely have that certain element to it. So I, I've never really actually thought about it, but Okay. Yeah, perhaps perhaps it does come across like that. <laughs> I think like I've been around a lot of musical theatre people and then a lot of guys who are just like just singing in bands and mm -hmm. uh, some people are just very untrained vocalists mm -hmm. and I think you can hear it like uh, 
in their diction and mm -hmm. even the way you address a crowd as well mm. I think makes a big difference and sometimes you can see people's backgrounds shining through which I always find is interesting mm. you know? yeah it's a it's a it's a massive learning curve all this it's it's really interesting I think you've just got to try and you know forgive yourself after certain things and, and, yeah. and learn from it and keep moving on how do you find it just performing night in night out is there like a, a physical or a mental fatigue to it uh, I think it's more of a mental fatigue like we spend most of the day just sitting around uh, you know and then you you let out all of your energy in, in one hour yeah <laughs> and then you've got to wait around like tonight I've got a, a promo spot set up so I've got to wait around for a couple of hours and then go and do that next so I think most of the time it's just it is a mental game it's just the waiting period between things mm. which certainly does my head in the most but um <laughs> Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I saw, uh, I think you posted like on, on Facebook like a week ago or something. Did you have like, was it Channel 9 or, or ABC or something coming down at like 1am? Oh, I know. Yeah, we were here at night, uh, here until about, our call time was about quarter past 11 and I think we finished at about 2am. Wow. Um, which is which is great because I'm a night person. I'd rather do that than, <laughs> than, you know, six in the morning, which I've done a couple of those calls before. But... Yeah, it's it's definitely just a it's a it's a mind game with all that sort of stuff. Yeah, definitely. I think you have to once you get into the the cycle of it and into this lifestyle, mm. it's very weird when you step out of it and it, yeah. it, when you stop him having that run of shows and it's like, oh, it's you know, it's six seven o'clock, like it's showtime and, and you're yeah. just sat. And it's like it's very weird and you have a lot of a lot of energy for myself at least a lot of adrenaline and a lot of yeah. energy and you're like. You got to find an outlet for it somehow. Suddenly, you've discovered the project on Channel Ten. You think, "Oh my God, what am I doing with my life?" <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, I would. Um, I would much rather have a, a, which I've tried really hard to stay in a, 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 you know, in this sort of industry rather than go into doing any other sort of job. So, um, I think, I think my whole thing is probably just based on fear of not not doing it. <laughs> so, so for like a lot of young artists who were. Uh, maybe not even younger and say a lot of people coming out of music schools and universities and drama schools mm -hmm. would you have any advice to people on how to, how to get in and stay in this industry that's a tough one but um, i know so it's quite a broad question no, no, it's, no it's, it's a very good question um i'm just trying to think of the best way to answer it the um i i think what you have to do is find what your thing is mm. and then you have to work on that and and meet people and and stay in that and also be um a reliable performer also be a performer that's not uh you know not a diva yeah. um because there's a lot of the, the industry is quite small and people talk mm. um and you know at the end of the day you want to be easy to work with so i think if you're consistent reliable um and also you know good at what you do and don't necessarily have a, a massive ego I think you're uh, you'll stay in it for as long as you can um, and I think too like I've discovered that by doing this show I've also created a job for myself mm. so I think you've got to really explore all the different avenues whether you want to be um, you know there's a lot of people out there that are just musical theatre who will you know forever stay in that circle um, it's, and it's very small isn't it yeah it's, it's very small and they're, they're uber talented and that's their thing mm. um, you know then there's people who are on the, the production side of things who have maybe started in a show and then and gone into producing shows uh, so you, yeah you've really got to find what your your niche is I, I think it's funny how you say you, you've sort of created a job for yourself and I think in, in this day and age like in the, in the 
21st century 2019 when you know it's so much oversaturation yeah. with Facebook and yeah. social media and everybody wants a spot like you just you just have to be a hustler as well you have yeah. to be a businessman you do you have to you have or to woman or I, I you know I, I I I that's that's what I thought I mean I I was um, in a position a couple of years ago where um, again Dracula's in, in Melbourne had been around for 36 years and then decided to close the doors so I'd been there for five years wow. um, and suddenly found myself in a position where I thought oh my god I don't have a job I've, mm. I've worked in a place where I can perform five days a week night after night and and get paid for it you know get paid well for it yeah uh, and then to go from that to sort of um, you know the odd cover band gig and mm -hmm. Um, jumping onto uh, cruise ships and doing guest entertainment spots, yeah. I suddenly realized that, you know, there's a lot of people in the industry who are in it because they just go and do their own thing and, and, and keep working that way. So I think, I mean, I really didn't have any direction or, or um, anyone holding my hand saying, this is what you need to do next. I kind of just figured it out by doing the cruise ship gigs and everything in between and and spending a lot of my spare time when I was, say, on, on a ship, mm -hmm. um, just <laughs> analyzing the crowds and working out what people would like and would enjoy and then taking that and thinking, okay, well, maybe I can combine where I've come from and some of the, you know, some of the ideas that are floating around in my head and put them together mm -hmm. and find someone who can help me do that, which was, which was L, mm. and um, gone from there. I mean, it's a long process, but yeah. if you hang in there long enough, it's you know it's so great because I've I've done the cruise ship stuff myself and and been in that lifestyle mm -hmm. and it's uh, like you said like you have a lot of spare time and you you get to figure this stuff out and yeah it it's yeah it's um <laughs> it, it's strange you have to you in I guess in this industry you you do occasionally have a lot of spare time and I think you have to use that time time wisely I mean you have to also give yourself time to relax and vanish for a while but yeah I think you need to um. Yeah, take sit back, take your headphones out, and and um, and see what's going on around you. And I think just getting all these different experiences, like I was, I was really uh, fortunate. I, I met Stuart Copeland, the, the drummer from the Police, last year in mm -hmm. in New Orleans, and we were talking about the cruise ship stuff. And he was like, "Oh yeah, like him." He was like, "You know my buddy Sting," and I was like, mm. "Yeah, I, I know Sting." <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> um, no, <laughs> who's that? Yeah, like, wow, who's that guy? <laughs> and uh, yeah, he was telling me like, um, you know. Uh, Sting had done a couple of cruises and like you just learned so much and like you said like you're just performing night after night you get to yeah. listen to the crowd see what yes. works what doesn't and that's yeah. obviously translated in into your show now or like yeah I mean I, I have I, I you know I, I've got a notes on my computer where I sat down I was like looking at the looking at the crowds looking at the shows listening to the music that was just even on in the common areas and and you know just analyzing what people were were all about so um, I think those sorts of elements have really helped me um, especially put this show together and the playlist and the running order and, and selecting those sorts of things uh, and also trying to create something that is um, that is certainly appealing and marketable to um, to multiple venues and, and multiple um, you know platforms so I think that's yeah it's been a, it's been a long process I mean it's taken nearly an entire year to sort of get to where we are at the moment mm -hmm. and it's still in my mind it's probably oh, 60% of the way there okay so um, you know which doesn't which doesn't which doesn't um, doesn't reflect the, the quality of the show at the moment I think the quality of the show is 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 fantastic for for the for what we've achieved in that time period but there's certainly 
a lot of growth that we can we can do to that. And also, I'm just being super critical of <laughs> part of being an artist. Yeah, as well. your worth, you're your own can, worst enemy. It sometimes. can always be better. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, we're going to have to start to wrap it up now, um, but uh, where can we find Rebel the Show? Like, um, where should we look for on social media? So if you jump onto uh, the, the hashtag for the show is actually rebel, um, rebel underscore the underscore show. Um, and, I th and it's also the same on Facebook. Oh my God, you've got me like, <laughs> hang on, I have to check these things. I, you know, I've never been off my... Never, Rebel is just what it is on Facebook. Mm. Instagram is is yeah Rebel underscore the underscore show. Okay. Uh, or Stu underscore face is my personal account, <laughs> which would then link to all the rest of them. But oh my god, I've never spent so much time on my phone in the last couple of weeks just promoting all this. So forgive me for forgetting the name. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fantastic. Well, thanks so much for being a guest on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you, Stu. You're welcome. Thank you.